And that'll do it. It's over. The Bucks have done it. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. Yo, 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 what's going on? What's going on out there? Welcome to the eye test. I am your host, Mark Coles, and I am with Sean Williams today. How you doing, fella? How you doing? Doing great. It's, it's You know what? Something just feels different about today. I don't know. Something about the intro. Great day. Great day. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to dwell on it too much. But, yeah, uh, man, don't sweat the technique. I, I won't. I won't. You know what I'm saying? Look. You know what I'm saying? It's a beautiful day, Mark. That's all I'm going to say. And I, you know what? I feel like I'm uh, in a little bit better mood to record now. So, Hey, that's what's up. That's up. That's what's up, man. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I see you. You know what I'm saying? I play, see, I used the play on words there. Uh, thanks to your shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I did. I seen that. You know, very observant. Re- very respectful today. Uh, 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 listen, <laughs> listen, 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 listen. I'm always respectful, sir. Always, okay. Always. Yeah. Let me see. It's, this is this why I didn't want to get into it. You know what? I'm just going, you, what, what do they say? Don't lift the, don't look the gift horse, gift horse in the mouth. They say, uh, you know, all those little sayings, you know, just, you sometimes you just gotta let things be, you know? Hey man, listen, man. Couch your blessings, you know? Hey man, when it's right, it's right. You know? Yeah. That's what it is. Hey man. But look, um, to everybody out there, uh, we got a we got a pack show today, and uh, we have we're feeling very opinionated today, very very opinionated today. So uh, this should be a good one. Um, but um, we got a few things to get into. Uh, but of course, you know, just last night, last night being Tuesday, uh, we the champ um, game six. The NBA Finals was last night, and the Milwaukee Bucks were able to close it out. So we'll be getting into that. We'll be getting into football because football's right around the corner, and the Olympics is literally on Friday starting. So we'll be talking about that as well. But um, anyway, man, forget all that. Let's get into it, and let's just talk about it, man. NBA championship last night, um, Milwaukee Bucks, Phoenix Suns. And uh, the Milwaukee Bucks close it out with four with a four straight victory after being down 2-0 in the series. This is only the fifth time it has happened where a team has been down uh, by two and one. And I think this is only the second time it has happened where the team was down by two and then won four straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, kind of crazy, man. Kind of crazy. Um, so I'm gonna just start. I'm gonna just start off and just say, what were your takeaways uh, from the championship game, or what? Not necessarily championship game, but what were your takeaways from the champion from the championship series overall? Um, man. Um, shoot. Defense still wins championships, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of whatever narrative people try to put out there. Um, the Bucks didn't completely shoot themselves out of games. 
which was a problem in the past. Um, the point guard play, you know, the move to get Drew Holiday, regardless of his uh, low shooting percentage, um, the move to go get a point guard um, seemed to have paid off. And it showed me that, you know, hunger matters. You know what I mean? Hunger matters. And uh, man, I saw I saw a post the other I saw a post the other day. Matter of fact, shout out to uh, Mr. John Paul. You know, Mr. John Paul Layton. <laughs> uh, he he posted and said, you know, everybody want to talk about Mamba mentality until it's time to be until it's time to be Kobe. And I felt like he was talking about Devin Booker, but you know what I mean. But but that's what I'm saying. Like it, you hey, know, it, it, hey, Devin Booker said this like over a week ago. He said that's cute and all. Like I have some aspects of Kobe's game, but I'm not Kobe. Stop comparing me to him. So yeah, I feel like everybody should stop comparing people to Kobe. But that's just me. And I and I and I and I'll take that. That's that's Devin Booker. But I'm, but. Really, I don't think Leighton was speaking to Devin Booker. He's speaking about Devin Booker to the fans. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, but because what this championship series came down to me came down to in my eyes was hunger. You know, what I'm saying passion, um, will, the will to win. You know what I mean? That was the visible difference between the two teams. The between the two teams, if you ask me. Um, Yannick, the last time I saw that level of hunger in a finals mark, um, I, you're talking about the last two times that I believe I saw it. You've got to talk about, um, Dirk when the Mavs won and you got to talk about D Wade when he won his first championship. Like it's been a long time since I've seen somebody just, so you saying so you saying uh Chris Paul and the Suns didn't want it as bad? I'm not saying they didn't. I, well, I'm not gonna say they didn't want it as bad. Who knows what they got going on in their head? If they wanted it, if they wanted it more, it didn't show on the court, Mark. That's what I'm telling you. From what, what I saw, it looked like Giannis wanted it more. That's what it looked like to me. So whether they wanted it more or not. I don't know, but I can tell you this from my eyes, from if I, you know what I'm saying? If, I, if I, you know, if I hadn't had no conversation with nobody, I'm just going to tell you what my eyes see. And what I saw was Giannis had uh, more of a desire and a will to win than anybody on either team. So that's, that's what I saw. And I felt like that was the difference maker. Okay. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, that's a tough shot at your, at uh, at Chris though. I mean, did Chris come up short, Mark? Well, he did come up short, but I mean, did I'm not saying he played bad. That's he, what I mean. He did he come up through. short. It just is what it is. Do you think it's because of, because of his skill level? Do you feel like he did something wrong? Like, why do you think Chris Paul came up short, Mark? I think he. I think, well, there's several reasons to say uh, why he came up short. Because you could say um, you could give it the uh, injury factor, the fact that this dude was playing through several injuries. Um, 
and the fact and like you know he dug deep and found out and found and the fact that he's older and he dug deep and found like a a strong pocket to like to power through and put up some phenomenal games but at some point that well was going to run out or at least it was going to it was going to start to falter yeah yes now i understand that hey, i understand hey, that hey hey it's like it's like the Faster and Furious. It was like it's like the Faster and Furious thing. Like he hit the Nas too early. Like... <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, man. <laughs> Monica. <laughs> hey, yo, man. Somebody need to turn that into a GIF, yo. Know? <laughs> With Chris Paul face on that shit, man. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> but. But I get what you're saying, though. Like, and if this is the thing, like, um, this is the thing. Uh, Giannis, if he, I, I guess the way I see it is this: if Giannis didn't play the way he did, they wouldn't have won. Yeah, that's that's fact. And that's and that's the bottom line when it comes down to that. Um, Giannis, like I, I, I think I told you this earlier, um, but I've seen performances. Well, I can say, Not- I can say this because I mean Giannis is by far the best player in this series. But I can say this that if the entire team, like if all the main players of the Milwaukee Bucks, if they didn't play the way they played over the last over the next, uh, I I would say the last three games, then they wouldn't have won that series. Yeah, well, well, they. Uh, to me, to me, Mark, they were feeding off of Giannis's energy. I felt like, see, when they talk about when they've been people try to get this fake shit, uh, oh, uh, Kawhi's a, you know, he leads by example by his play on the court. No, I remember I told you just because he quiet don't make don't mean that he's just the leader on the court. He's not Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um, what I feel like Giannis did in this series was he led by example. He brought the energy. He created that environment. You know what I mean? He, if you watch any of the behind the scenes and him talking in the locker room and all this stuff, he, he was, he was the inspiration for Um, that team. I mean, we saw him, we saw him in his 41, his 41 point uh, performance where they lost in game two. He was banging on the chair, rallying the troops. Like he was, (laughs) He was wild. That's out. what I'm saying. He he, so. he he I feel like they fed off in his passion. This is what I was talking about. The will to win and the passion and the, you know what I'm saying? And that and that hunger, man. Like that's what changed the tide, you know. Like like you get beat 2-0. You get beat 2-0. You know, you're down 2-0. Yeah, everybody has their mentality. Well, we're, we're gonna go back home, so we're gonna win. You know what I mean? Or we gotta win this game coming back home. Everybody's a little bit not too, not too uh, you know. Not too concerned, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like that's a ter- that's a that's a game they have to win. And Giannis is showing up to these games like, yo, <laughs> we cannot go home without a dub. Like that's he he was very passionate about it. And we seen Mike Budenholzer's uh pregame uh pep talks, okay? <laughs> we seen that firsthand. So it wasn't him. Chris uh, Clark, Christopher Clark. 
I'm Ooh. calling you out by name. Ooh. It was not Mike Budenholzer. Whoa. We're just going to get that straight. Whoa, like, whoa. I, might, I might be getting ahead of myself. You whoa. know, we're going to get to that later. But <laughs> but what I will say is Giannis's energy, everything that Giannis did, it, it came to fruition. And the people, people that before said he wasn't as vocal as a leader and he wasn't as he wasn't doing as much as they wanted to wanted him to do inside the locker room, off the court, on the court as a leader. He did all of that shit, you know what I'm saying? And more. And to me, it, um, he goes up higher on my list of talents by a long shot. He jumps a lot of people just based off of the fact that I know that even though he won this chip and he won it this way, there's two things that's going to happen with Giannis. He's going to remember it. He's going to remember how he did it. And he's still going to, he's still going to look to improve his game. Oh yeah. He, he, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yes, it's, a, it's there's a difference, man. And, and do you want to get into this AD comparison thing? Do I want to get into the AD comparison? Um, sure. As far as just who's like, like, like who, who's better. Yeah, I, I'll ask two questions. Who's better and who would you uh, who's better and who would you rather have on your team? Well, because I feel like there are two different questions that can have two different answers. All right. Well, okay, that is that is very true because here's the thing. A D A Anthony Davis is the superior talent. He is the superior basketball talent. He has more he has more tools in his toolbox than Giannis Antetokounmpo when it comes to basketball skills. Now when it comes to physical gifts, Giannis I would say edges him, but not by a whole lot. But but when it comes to pure physical gifts, Giannis does edge uh A D. And I would and although I'm saying it's not by a whole lot, it's I would still say it's by a considerable margin that you notice. Um, But, um, and I would take Giannis over AD because of attitude. Attitude towards the game. Attitude towards how how you approach things. Like, you know, me, I'm not... I'm not a fan of a uh, passive of passive play like the way of of passive approaches to uh, certain mm-hmm. things and um and I feel as though AD's approach to the game is a little is more passive than um than Giannis's. Is. is that fair to say? It is. I I think that's a very fair assessment and uh, an accurate one. I feel like we've seen enough from both of them to see that, you know, and I, I just want to remind people Giannis is 26. Yeah. But I feel as though it's very important for like to put that in perspective that AD is, is still more gifted than Giannis is in basketball skills. Like he, like he, because I mean, he's been mm-hmm. playing, but that that may be purely because he's been playing the game his whole life. He wasn't playing soccer, and other, you know what I mean. Like he was, mm-hmm. he's been playing the game his whole life. He de- 
he's been developing his game longer and stuff like that. That could be just purely off of that and and no other reason. But I, mm-hmm. but I feel as though that's what it is. Okay, so so yeah, I do like the answers. Like, so, see, to me, if you would have asked me the same question two years ago, I would have told you that um, AD is the better player, and he's the player I'd rather have on my team. Um, but I should, I, I might have given given you that answer last year, right? Um, but this year, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't think I'm being prisoner of the moment by saying that. Um, by saying that Giannis is the the person that I would go with, mm-hmm. and as of right now, he might <laughs> he might even be the better player, or it, he's at least it's, it, there's at least an argument right now, and and I'm basing that off of the intangibles that um, Giannis brings to the table, and um. And so right now, the reason why I'm looking at this differently is because in the beginning of the in the beginning of the season or towards the middle of the season, me and you both mentioned 80s conditioning. We mentioned 80s in, him being injury prone. We mentioned 80 looking basically like he has since his first two seasons in the league. Mm-hmm. Physically, it doesn't look like when you look at Giannis right now, he didn't look like that three years ago. He didn't yeah. look like that four years ago. But that's like, what but that's what would make your assessment then a uh, correct uh and yeah. like, so like just be things have changed. Giannis is not yeah. the same player he was two years ago. Yes, and and, 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 and it's such every I mean, year hell, he makes so many improvements. In, in my opinion, Giannis isn't the same play Giannis in the finals wasn't the same player he was in the regular like you know, in parts of the yeah. regular season. Like, yeah, yeah, and I and that's that's one hundred percent. Like, like I feel you. So what I'm saying is, like, I was already, I already felt a certain way about AD after seeing him with Le- LeBron and with the Lakers the first season he was there last last season. Mm-hmm. I already felt a certain way about what I saw. It came to fruition this year, and once again, Mark, like I said, I feel like he's not taking care of himself. I don't feel like he's taking care of his body. I don't think he's conditioning himself properly. Um, but I also think because he's AD, nobody tells him. Nobody says anything to him. Nobody's going to go up to AD and tell him he needs to work on his game. Nobody's going to go up to AD and tell him he needs to be in better physical condition. How do you go to somebody who's damn near a seven-footer that has point guard skills that can shoot and do everything on the court? How are you going to go to him and tell him, you know what, there's a few things you can improve on. Hey, um, LeBron told LeBron told him that he could uh, improve on getting rid of the unibrow in the in the Looney Tunes <laughs> versus uh, <laughs> look, look, the monster look, game. He look, told him man, that. Look, like, you know, what I'm uh, he told ooh, him how to boy. improve on something. If that ain't the goddamn cauldron pot, whatever, calling <laughs> something another black LeBron talk about somebody's facial hairs or somebody's hair. Mm. Is it, like I don't know about that. I don't know if I'll take that criticism oh, from LeBron. Hey. But <laughs> hey. hey, look, I'm I'm just I wouldn't <laughs> take that criticism from LeBron. But um, but uh with that said, you know, no, like you know, somebody has to talk to him, but the great ones don't need anybody to come talk to him. They just do it. Right. Okay, so yeah. Like that's that's the way I see it. Um Giannis 
it's going to continue to grow at a rapid rate. He, he, he eventually has to plateau somewhere, Mark. I don't know where, but he eventually has to plateau, you know, but, um, but yes, no, he's, he's, I think he, it's an argument for him being a better player, but I absolutely would take Giannis. And in in another, like I said, availability. The best ability is availability. Availability is huge, man. And, and if I feel like you're not doing everything to prevent injury, then that's a problem for me. I don't care how great you are, Mark. If you can't play, how, how great was it for the Nets? When everybody was fucking hurt. You know what I mean? How great was it when Kyrie was down again for injury? How great was that? And and I thought Kyrie had by far the best season that I he this was the least criticized season that I had for for Kyrie Irving since he's been playing ball. Fantastic. He wasn't there when they needed him. It just is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So like, no, man. So that has to count for something. So Yeah. But yeah, no, Giannis is definitely um I think he has put his stamp on it, if you will. Um, uh, I think people are going to stop disrespecting him. You have people like me that always was like, well, I need to see more. I need to see more. I'm done. I've seen enough, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen enough. You know what I'm saying? I and, mean, this, and... this was the type of – this was the performance that shuts everybody up, that says, like, yo, if you still – if you still out here critiquing, like, what now you're just a hater. <laughs> like, I don't care. See, you see, my problem was his game before was getting stopped because he was lacking in other areas. And you see him have a game where he gets 18 points, and you're like, well, what the fuck is going on? All they did was force you to shoot a jump shot or get you off of the spots. They didn't let you get to the spots on the court that you wanted to get to. And that was it. You you got shut down. That's why I was so heavy on the criticisms of him being not having those particular skill sets. Well, he found a way to work around that. So I don't care whether you can shoot or not. I care about you getting 18 points in the game versus 30. You know what I'm saying? And he found a way to consistently get his points regardless of how he did it. Right. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm just saying, like, it, it didn't matter that he that he wasn't out there knocking down all these jumpers like it didn't matter because he could get a shot if you could get your shot i don't care how you get it if you're going to score if you're going to average like you said 35 points a game at 61 percent shooting i don't care how you get it right now listen i'm just going to rail off a few numbers here like uh about Giannis, and then i'm going to ask you a question so um but it's separate to this i just want to make sure that people that don't know that we get this out here that Giannis is Giannis at 26 is in the as far as as far as accomplishments he's accomplished just about everything he's already he's the two-time MVP of the league defensive player of the year finals MVP and he has a title and um and you know, I don't know how many All Star appearances, uh, but mm-hmm. the only thing that he is missing from his accolade, from his major accolades at this point, is a scoring title. Like, that's it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the only that's the only major accolade that he's missing at this point. Outside of that, he's already done it all at twenty six. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, so Giannis is. 
Giannis uh, statistically is already in a elite category that very few could follow. Yeah. It yes, and, and as far as the scoring title thing, <laughs> let's be honest here. <laughs> there's only like there's only like two people stopping him from getting that. <laughs> and that's James Harden and Steph Curry. There's only two people that are stopping him from getting that shit. So I mean, you know, he very I mean, the shout out to Bradley Beal this year though. He he was he he was one of those people this year, but I don't foresee Bradley Beal continuing to put up those types of numbers every season. But hey, yeah, hey, you can't have Russ as your point guard every season. So you know, you know teams don't like Russ. You know they just <laughs> they just pass him around. But <laughs> but, but yeah, but, but, but yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I'm just saying it, you, you tears with the tears. <laughs> it is what it is. But somehow yeah. somehow players be be accomplishing things that they never accomplished before when they win Russ. <laughs> it's weird. Look, it's weird. Look, I don't know. Look, hey, look. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it is weird. I'm just saying, I, I, but all I'm saying is, you know, Giannis is always going to be in that top three uh, for scoring, you know, so he's always, he's going to have a chance every season to win a scoring title. And now that I've seen this side of Giannis, I believe it will matter to him now. Before he was just like, look, I'm just here to play the game. He's humble, all this stuff. You know, it wasn't humble Giannis that was on the court in the finals. Hey, no, oh, no, no, it wasn't. But we'll it get. It wasn't. But we'll get to that. We'll get, we'll get <laughs> so, to that. But so. listen, we'll we'll get to that. But listen, before we get to any of that, I need listen, Chris. Uh, Chris, I'm with you, sir. I gotta call this man uh, to the podium, and we got some questions to ask this man because this man, uh, he, uh, where does your? I'm gonna start with this. Where does your disdain for Mike Budenholzer come from? My disdain? I wouldn't say disdain. I would say disappointment. Okay. It's the difference between this. Like, my disdain is for those that keep telling me that he's a great coach. Mm. <laughs> my my disappointment comes directly from him. He was he was He was a coach that was on the coaching staff with the Spurs. He was a protege of Pop, Greg Popovich. He left, he went to the Atlanta Hawks, and he's the one who turned them into a team that was consistently going into the, the NBA playoffs. Let's be honest, a lot of times, not just going into the NBA playoffs, they're going in there as a top three seed. Okay. They were in there, like the, literally, they were one of those teams that maybe would have made it to the finals if it wasn't for LeBron and Cleveland. Sounds so, like a like, good coach. So, like, yes, yes, sounds like a great coach, you know. Then he goes to he goes to the Bucks and turns that team around too, you know. Mm. Uh, definitely, I was like, man, this guy's good. And then it it's like he hit a wall. He hit a wall, Mark. Okay. And and I and I excused him for that. I was like, okay, you hit a wall. You have a nice little system. Giannis is doing his thing, and and it, I would say that my disappointment began with them losing to the Raptors in the fashion that they did when Kawhi beat them, when, when the Toronto Raptors beat them. When I, when I say Kawhi, I can say Kawhi beat them. Kawhi, all, all Kawhi did was pick up Giannis at half court and then the game, and then that was it. They just ran the table. Like, <laughs> glass cannon, Mark. Okay. What, well, what he was doing was coaching up a glass cannon. Well, And then, but I expected to pro- – so that was fine, but I expected – the next season to be different. 
and I still did I did not see the adjustments the next season. And that's what my problem was. This year, I'll say this. He made the adjustments that he needed to make in the playoffs. And he made the adjustments that he needed to make in the finals, even more adjustments. Okay. And in in albeit minor adjustments, Mark. Minor. <laughs> albeit, minor. Mi- albeit minor adjustments. <laughs> minor. He made adjustments. It doesn't it doesn't matter. He made adjustments that work, Mark. Okay. But at the same time, none of that shit matters if Giannis doesn't play the way he did. Whoa. whoa. I can't give Mike Budenholzer his credit. Get I can't give him credit for the way Giannis played. You, well, listen, listen, no, 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 no. I no. can't do that. No. I can't give no, him credit no, for Giannis's performances. No, 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 no. Listen. So he gets some credit, Mark, but he's not. He no. Okay, we're not doing. No, this. listen, listen, <laughs> listen. One, I'm not going to jump out the window and say Mike Boot. Like, understand, like, because I need to get this out the way because people tend to like to hang on to a particular word that is said and not and ignore the overall point. So, um, I'm going to say this first. I am not saying. Mike Budenholzer is more responsible for the for the win than Giannis. I'm not saying that Mike Budenholzer um, is the pivotal everything to how things played out, but I will say this: Mike, like if you can't discredit Mike Budenholzer and say his slight adjustments. Particularly in the finals, you can't say slight adjustments. You, you just can't. You can't. I need you to explain to me you why cannot. I can't. You want I know, need you to explain to me why I can't. You want to know why? Because okay, if you look at the stats from game from games one and two, like just just look at the shooting number. I know what it looked like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and look at the and look at the stats from. Uh, from four, five, and six, mm-hmm. <laughs> like totally different plate, totally different. The fact that the the fact, do you think, uh, Chris Middleton just decided on his own? I'm going to stop chucking up threes every five seconds. You think he did that all <laughs> all, all all on his lonesome? No, he did it. Oh, uh, no, right. I, I, yeah. Okay. Slight, slight adjustment. Continue. Slight, slight adjustment. Continue. Slight Continue. adjustment. Continue. Slight this adjustment. Was, Go ahead. This dude was taking 15 shots, 15 threes a game, and it's a slight adjustment from 15 to four. Maybe and he that's just a slight woke adjustment. Up and realized he was, maybe he woke up and realized he was harming the team, Mark. I don't know. Continue. Continue. Okay. Continue. <laughs> and, and, and second and next, the fact that a matter, the, do you think – that it was that it was Giannis that said, "Hey, the ball will be less in my hands. We're going to get more ball movement, and you just and when I move under the rim, you find me." You think Giannis took that under, or you you think he did that on his own? He said that to the team on his own, like, "Nah, like like less in my hands, and just find me under the basket." No, good. No, good. Good adjustment by Mike. Good, good adjustment. Uh, so, like, these are two major adjustments because they went from ISO play. They went from a lot of ISO play 
a lot of ISO outside play to in, to playing a a more complete team oriented game. And they went and they started playing inside out. Those are major adjustments. And that's actually a complete flip of philosophy. Like yeah. in mid mid series. Like so you can't say you can't say that. I mean, it, look, it, I would say as a result of it, Giannis's assist totals were going up too. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Um, Giannis, because he was able to, uh, he wasn't, because he was playing off the ball, he was able to have more success against DeAndre Ayton. Um, even at times he was bullying DeAndre Ayton. I mean, but it definitely played in his favor to not be spotted with the ball oh, at the top of the key. And, that, and that's another so and that's another and yeah, that's another thing, particularly with DeAndre Ayton. Do you think do you think that that was Giannis uh undertaking to like all on his own to be like, look, I need to be I need to be in a position to where I prevent that pass. Like he they basically took they took the eight and play out of the game, like where they, where that trend, where that ball, that ball movement, and to where they find eight and under the basket. They I, essentially. Took I will that say away. this. I, no, I, I will say this. Mike Budenholzer gets full credit for whatever happened on defense as a team. And I thought, I thought I, that's where I will give him a thousand percent credit. His um, uh, for the way he coached the team defensively was masterful. Um, and it wasn't just individuals playing great it was a great de- or a great team defense being played so i look you're not gonna get an argument from me when it comes to the defensive side of the ball with mike he he definitely he showed his ass on that one he because, definitely uh he definitely did his thing on that like, so like i can't exactly explain it as well because i'm not like you know the savviest of basketball minds but what i do know is that Aiton was killing teams throughout the playoffs with with the ball move, like with Chris Paul. Because nobody was paying attention yeah, to him exactly. and nobody cared what he was doing. Yeah. So we, yes, there was a there was there was a clear emphasis put on keeping the ball um from out of his hands. Aiton, like off from, the ball defense. Right. Hey, play passing lanes, all these other things because and that's a good point that you're making, Mark, because the thing is guys like like DeAndre Ayton one of the reasons why people thought that they didn't know about him coming out of college and how he would do is because the NBA had changed and they were worried about his speed. They were worried about his ball handling ability as a big, he's not going to have the ball handling skills that you would want for a stretch big. Um, so you can't give Deandre eight in the ball on the wing and tell him to score. Cause he has to put the ball on the ground. You can't, you especially can't tell him to do that if he's got Giannis guarding him. You can't just, you, I don't, I, like, I don't even think you could do that. You could tell him to do that if he has Brooke, I mean, if he has Robin, uh, not Robin, excuse me, whoo, almost got disrespectful. Brooke Lopez, he, he probably think he, he might not even be able to do it with Brooke Lopez on him. So, so I, I understand what their philosophy is. It's like, yo, he, he's, he was eating off of shit like Clint Capella. Right. You know what I'm saying? Defense is distracted by the star players. All he has to do is uh, slip the, slip through the back door. You know what I'm saying? Slide down the lane. It's a lob. It's an easy, it's an easy lob, easy putback. You know, tip in, whatever the fuck you want to call it. He would just disappear behind the defense. 
and they made sure his ass wasn't disappearing, you know? So, no, it's it's definitely, Mike, that's Mike. Okay, okay, how about this, Mark? How about this? You made some very good points. You made some very good points. All right, Mike has to get, let me put this, and this is what I didn't tell you before we even started this. Even though I'm being hard on Mike right now, I've seen more coaching in this series from Mike Budenholzer than I've seen from Steve Kerr in any of his finals appearances. <laughs> that does that sound, I know it sounds disrespectful, Mark, but is it true? Is it true, though? Listen, I'm not. You know what? Maybe, maybe I. May, how about this? How about this? Maybe Steve Kirk is a pass because he didn't need to make the adjustments, right? Maybe. Yeah. I'm. I'm not maybe, going. To, I don't know. I'm not the one to answer this. So, <laughs> so no. I'm, I'm not. The okay. One to okay. This. So what I'm going to do is say, Damian Williams, and Ricky Scott. Uh, when you listen to this or you hear this. Uh, feel free to comment and uh and engage oh, they come, they and engage Sean they on this particular me. topic. Yeah, they definitely uh you know they will not go silently into the night. So <laughs> I'm sure I sure I got some smoke coming my way. So yeah, I I listen. I don't know how they feel about it, but that might have been a shameless diss. <laughs> that might have been. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Now that I think about it, that shit kind of sounds like hate to me. I don't know. <laughs> oh, don't I, I don't know what to don't tell you. Don't backtrack now, brother. Oh, oh no, no. I stand on that shit. Ten toes. Ten toes, baby. Look, I stand on that shit. All right. <laughs> you know, it's a name brand. I guarantee it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> no, like, <laughs> no, but, um, no, I definitely like, I, I feel like that's a true statement. So, I mean, whatever smoke come behind that, that's cool. Okay. But, uh, like, overall, man, I feel as though this was, it was interesting to me because what I saw differently in this was I saw as what I essentially saw in this series was uh I watched Phoenix play with play like all the things that I was just talking about they had excellent ball movement all that and they were hitting their they were hitting their outside shots Booker was on and stuff like that um and then it was like what it kind of looked like to me in the end was that Milwaukee said, oh, we're going to take what you do and we're going to stop you from doing it. <laughs> like, Absolutely is what happened. Like, they was like, we're going to start doing what you're doing and now we're going to stop you from doing it. Because all of a sudden it looked, all of a sudden there was, I saw a lot more ISO from Phoenix in those last three games than I than I should have. Like I was like, why is that I was like, where's all the ball movement that was in game one and two? Like what happened to all that ball movement? The ball stopped the ball became stagnant. Um like tur like it was turnover city out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And it and the and shout out to uh Drew Holiday who had uh, Devin Booker taking all these off kilter shots, like? Hey, that boy Drew. Mm. Yeah, he was he was clutch, man. He was 
he, hey, like I don't know what to tell you, man. He he, he put he, he applied pressure. Like that's it. Everybody want to be. Everybody want to talk about Mamba mentality until <laughs> <laughs> it's time to be Kobe, man. Listen, like <laughs> nah, nah. That was a Kobe performance. Don't. <laughs> oh no! How we doing? Oh man, no. That's what. Oh man, now you're really trying to have people come looking for me, man. Yo, you know, no, I, no, like, they they gonna come for me on that one. But, yeah, they, but listen, they, but I listen, hope they understand what your voice sound like. Versus but listen, mine. there's that. But unfortunately, like Kobe was great, but there are stats that back up that Kobe had nights like Devin Booker had this finals. So. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm saying? But that but that was just a little side piece. I'm not I'm not willing to get into an argument about it. So <laughs> No, no, I and I get you and I get you. Like like I'm not me personally, I'm not trying to go there either. Um but like I said, it's it's one of those things where sometimes you um and I'm just gonna point out what the stats were for a game for the for game six. Devin Booker, mm-hmm. 19, 19 points, three rebounds, five assists, 0 for 7 from three. Trash. But you made mention of why. Yeah. It's because of the way he was being played. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was 8 for 22 from the field. Yeah. Um, you live by the gun, you die by the gun. And, and when I, and I'm not saying just three pointer. I'm saying the gun because Devin Book is the gun. You know, and what I learned, what I learned about this uh, was through this series, through the uh, comeback from the Bucks, is so much of the offense was dependent on Booker getting his shots and getting his looks. Um, Chris Paul can only do so much. Notice when, when Booker struggled, Chris Paul was still able to, to do what he could do. You know, he's going to find a way to get those points efficiently, no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. And he's going to find ways to get other guys involved. But these crazy, per- now I'm going to say crazy. I'm going to say these performances that we saw in the past with DeAndre Ayton, these performances we saw in the past from uh, Cam Payne, Cameron Payne, the, the, you know, yeah, um, Mikel Bridges, that shit. I, I saw a direct correlation to when Booker ain't getting his shit off or Booker's uncomfortable to those guys not getting their points. But like I said, what end up happening, but I think uh, all that has to do with the fact that uh, the ball movement stopped. These guys, yeah. these guys were able to get involved in the play because the ball was moving and rotating. And when they got and when they got to them, and they had a window, they could they could do their thing. But when it yeah. but the ball movement stopped, and it it just it it was like. Um, it was a disjointed effort. It was it, there was less flow to their offense. Well, it's and, because they did something that is just a fucking forgotten art. It's called off the ball defense, right? <laughs> Which requires you to follow a person around <laughs> and not just stand on a spot on the on the court. Um, so yes, the off the ball defense is what caused it. What I'm saying is they cut the head off and the body died. 
you know, but even then, I, I don't even know how accurate that is. Didn't we watch Devin Booker put up 40, 43? Yeah. He went eight shit that game. And it was and it was Chris that fell off. Uh, yeah. It, in, in, what was that, game five? Well, they game lost four? that game. The Suns lost that game. Yeah, I'm talking about game yeah. five, game four, whatever. Yeah, uh, game, yeah, game four, game four, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I was like, it didn't matter. Like, um, but but yeah, they definitely did that was a great team defense situation. So the great team defense, and then if they're gonna play that great of team defense, Devin Booker has to score in the forties. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. This is where this is where it shows that you don't have another superstar. You know, you have Chris Paul who wasn't at a hundred percent, but this is where it shows. This is where you want that other superstar. This is where you want that other marquee player to come in and be able to get you that 30. You know what I mean? And I feel like I feel like the Suns look like a team <laughs> that didn't they a lot of young promising players, but though you can't expect those young promising players to be those guys in those moments. Right. So yeah. I'm, I don't even like, I don't even think the Suns play bad. Yeah. I thought the Suns did what they could. So. Uh, okay. Um, but, um, but speaking of, you know, Mike, uh, speaking of the adjustments and everything, you know what I mean? So just to wrap that up, essentially you owe Mike Budenholzer a, a little bit of an apology. <laughs> Oh, come on, bro. That's what you're doing today? Look, okay, okay. I'm going to have one hey, moment of truth hey, here, I, Hey, I look. listen, one thing we know is that I I go in, and then if, I, if, I, if I'm wrong, I, I get on this platform, and I own look, my shit. So, look, like I said, I'm only going to give you one moment of honesty here, Mark. One, okay. one moment, and this is what I'll say. Okay. Um, this might not be an apology, okay? Uh-huh. But it'll be a compliment that makes up for it. Uh, <laughs> Mike Budenholzer showed up, and he essentially outcoached the coach of the year. Okay, fair enough. Uh, fair that's, enough. That's that's about as close as an apology you go get from me. Uh, I will not apologize to Mike. Sorry, but <laughs> but you know, that's, but so, that's yes. fair. That's fair. But uh, speaking of the coach of the year. Uh, he continues to prove exactly why he is the coach of the year because he's kept going with his class act routine, and this is just genuinely who he is. He uh, he goes to congratulate the Milwaukee Bucks, um, and he and he uh, speaks poetically in defeat of the Milwaukee Bucks while talking to them. He doesn't just he doesn't just shake their hand. He speaks poetically. Away from, I just wanted to come and congratulate you guys as a man, as a coach. Um, you guys deserve it, and um, I'm, I'm thankful for the experience. You guys made me a better coach. You made us a better team. Congratulations. Money, now that you've been through your first finals, yeah. can you process what you've learned from <laughs> it, or is that going to take a while? I think it's going to take me a minute, you know. Um, I just don't take it for granted. 
It's hard to get here. And uh, I wanted it so bad, you know. It's hard to process right now. It's hard, you know. That's that's all. Thank you, Coach. He speaks about how they have made uh, him a better coach and he has made their team a better team in defeat, um, which is great. And honestly, it is a it is a sportsman thing to do. It is a very, very class act thing to do. Um, but although Bonnie Williams decided to take the high role, um, in this, uh, particular case, there was a little bit of an about face by Giannis after, um, after winning this championship, because, uh, it seemed to me like, like he pulled out the shotgun and, and let it, and let it blast because, uh, in his post game interview, you know, he was talking about he 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 got it out the mud and that that all that super team shit is trash and garbage and anybody that's a part of it ain't shit. I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but that's essentially what I heard. No, obviously I want I wanted to get the job done. You know, uh but that's my stubborn side. Like it's easy to go somewhere and go and win a championship with somebody else. It's easy. I could go, I, I don't want to put anybody in the spot, but I could go to a super team and, you know, just do my part and win a championship, still one. But this is the hard way to do it and this is the way we chose to do it. And we did it. Yeah. Fucking did it. We did it, man. Jim on the front right. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is what I'll say. Um, he... It's, it's funny, man. I watched him. He seemed very excited about the championship. He felt good about it. He wanted to talk about how he felt, Mark. And in a moment, he felt accomplished because – and he wanted to tell people why. He felt accomplished because he got out the mud, essentially. He, he, he said, I'm just – I'm stubborn. That's what he said. It's the stubbornness in him. He said, I could have went – you know, he could have joined other people and, and then like, it's like he had a moment, Mark, when he started to say how he really felt, it expressed it exactly how he felt. And then right at the end, he softened the blow mm -hmm. because that man was about to either name teams or name names, Mark. He was this close. <laughs> he was this fucking close, man. He said, you know, I, I could have, you know, joined some other people or, you know, uh, teamed up with uh, uh, you know, I'm not gonna do that. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, you know what I'm saying. I, I could have done the whole super team thing, but I was like, yeah, you watch yourself, honest man. You can't go get a chip, have everybody have have love from everybody, and then go start saying shit about like you, you. They love you now. They love you a lot. They don't love you like they love KD, brother. Don't do it. Don't do not do it. They do not love you like they do KD. They do not love you like they do. Uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, they do not love you the way that they love LeBron, bro. Do not say nothing 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? So kudos to him for catching himself. But oh yeah, Mark, it's very clear how uh, he, I think he made it very clear how he feels. And now I don't know, I don't think he was doing it to talk down on those guys, but I definitely believe he felt like he don't respect their process. <laughs> like I'm not gonna say he don't respect it. No, he, he's but he he feels like his championship means more than theirs. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I like. He feels like, and I agree with him. I agree with him. Listen, it, 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 you know, in, in, in hold up, I don't know. Quick, how do you feel about that? Real quick, this is his uh, direct quote. Uh, it says, "We might never win another one." And that's and it's fine. We did it. We did what we were supposed to do. And I'd rather do it this way when one uh, this way than go somewhere else in a super team and win two or three. That's just one of his comments. Uh, that's just one part of his comments. Uh, he yes, does, he does have another quote, and I'm going to see if I can find that as well. Um, but yeah, but continue. Uh, you was ask you asked me what now. Uh, you said, how do I feel? Oh, I was saying uh, um, about the quality of this championship. Like, because I feel like not all championships were created equal. Well, they're not. Um, for, for, for Giannis's ring that he has right now, mm-hmm. um, compared to the rings that were won over the last 10 years, Mark, which would include... Um, Am I, if I'm not mistaken, no, it would put, no, it's 2021 right now, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it would, it would include the uh, Dirk Nowitzki Mavs title in that, in that group. Mm-hmm. Out of the titles that have been won in the last 10 years, where, where would you rank this one? For like an individual players, like how much, it, how much it means to that individual star? Like, do you like? Do you think, like, where does LeBron's rings uh, add up, and where does you know um, KD Steph's rings? Um, like I said, I'm gonna throw Dirk's name in there because he like, was in there. Where does um, where does um, well you like Duncan slash Kawhi's ring? Like, well, like, like to be clear, I 100% agree that not all rings are equal because I feel as though Detroit's Detroit's ring over the Lakers super team it means more than a lot of rings like that team was like you could say what you want about Karl Malone being older and Gary Payton being older or whatever that's but like I already remind people Karl Malone averaged 20 points a game the previous season right he wasn't that damn old exactly you know what I'm saying and it was still with Kobe and Shaq like come on yeah in like, the type of player that GP was you could sit here and say that Rondo was old and Rondo just helped the Lakers win a championship if GP at that stage of his career was like Rondo he was an older guy savvy point guard who could still run the point and you know maybe he could only average you 15 points in a game or 12 points in a game but he was still a, a floor general that could play defense so like I don't, I don't like the I don't like the way people discredit um discredit that team but right no I feel you like it'd be, so, so like some so some uh, so some championships do mean more. 
And me, I'm not a LeBron James fan, but I do feel as though, I do feel as though his Cleveland championship means more than his uh, than his other championships. I mean, that was a 72 and 10 team, like that, like dog, like you, like you came out and did what you had to do. They switched their head coach halfway through the season, Mark. Like he, he they switched their head coach halfway through the season. That man Ty Lue didn't even coach a whole season that year. Right. They were still making changes during the year. Like so uh, that was a crazy ass. That was a crazy ass thing. Yeah. So, so like I feel as though that that means more. I don't think it means as much as LeBron wants to put on it, but it does mean more. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I think he jumps out the window with how much credit he wants to give it, but that that's that. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna go into any quotes today with that. Yeah. But but I'll say I'll say this: like, it will it will until somebody does something else, it will forever be the greatest comeback in NBA Finals history. So that does mean something. So yeah. um, but yeah, oh, so it yeah, does, it does mean something. It does. <laughs> it, it means it, a lot. It, it means yeah. a lot. It, yeah. it means a lot. I'm just going to yeah. leave it at yeah. that. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Yes, yeah, it means a lot. So, so yeah, I, w- I would say we just out of the ones we just talked about. Um, to me, to me, I'll put the Detroit Pistons championship above everything just because they were up against insurmountable odds, essentially. Um, and they didn't just win; they dominated. They embarrassed the Lakers. Okay. And they seemingly like stopped dead in the tracks and an offensive force. Like yeah. when when the Lakers have a game where they score seventy eight points in a fucking NBA Finals with, I don't give a fuck who was washed up. They still had Kobe and Shaq. <laughs> exactly. That shit. You know what I'm saying? I, I, Kobe and Shaq by themselves could give you seventy eight. Right. Okay. I'm not like I'm not but, letting that shit off the hook. No, Mark. But so that, like, but that's what I'm talking about. When, yes. But. It's perfect that you bring that up because that's what I'm talking about when I talk about the fact that Kobe having those types of games. Exactly. So any, you know, um, but so but yeah, there goes the point of reference for those that want to challenge me on that. Um, yeah. But uh, I do want. We have a lot more to get into, so I'm going to uh, cut that a little short. Um, and I want to, like, I do want to ask you this. Um. Do you think, given given the the way that he did it, do you think that we will start to see a curtailment of of people trying to form Voltron, and we'll start to see more people try to try to uh, try to get it off of their off of the strength? I I don't I don't think so. I think. Um... I mean, because le- legitimately, we have we like if you go into timelines, you have people that say that give that will now say Giannis gets more credit than KD ever does because of the way that he got it. Yes, yes. Once, so, but I don't believe like we have to see how this conversation goes though. Now, um, you got to also understand that he's going to get more credit than KD. In a scenario like this, because of all of his individual accolades, mm-hmm. because of the defensive player of the year shit, because of the MVP, you know what I mean? Because of those things, he's going to have more individual ac- accolades 
you know, when it's all said and done. Giannis is sure to win another defensive player of the year. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, he's his, his individual resume is going to look better. And if you tell me in the end, oh, well, Katie has two rings and, and, uh, and Giannis has one, if that's the only advantage that he has over Giannis, and we're talking about somebody who's an offensive player, who's first team off, first team offense, you know, all NBA offense, and then he's also winning defensive player of the years and winning MVPs, then I'm going to tell you that one ring does not make up for all the other individual accolades and individual ways that Giannis, Giannis is better. Yeah. So Giannis' situation is slightly different. Well, but, but, but what I say is this, Mark. What, the only thing that I think you will see, which has already been happening, Mark, um, is you'll see guys like Devin Booker wait until their contract is about to expire. Some you remember some of these guys before were like a year or two out was like, yo, I'm not trying to AD, I'm not trying to be here. You know what I'm saying? Like, like motherfuckers wasn't waiting even until their first contract even expired for them to express that they wanted to go. I think, you know, Devin Booker had been quiet about it. There have been a lot of rumors swirling about uh, whether or not the Bucks would try to make a move for him over this past offseason. And you know what I'm saying? And right now, Devin Booker might have been thinking about moving elsewhere, but Devin Booker is probably going to stay put just because of the promise that the team has shown now. What I'm telling you, the only thing that is cha- that is going to change, Mark, is if the team shows promise within that superstar, that young superstar's, you know, first contract, you, you'll start to see these superstars say, you know what? I'll give it a couple extra years. Okay. Like, I think you'll see them maybe sign a short-term, you know, one-year, two-year deal, extension of some sort to give their, you know, franchise, their drafting franchise another shot if they feel like, hey, we're on the cusp. But um, but if you're, uh, let's say you're, like, um, trying to think of a good example. Um, but if you're a Dame Lillard, And you, you're playing like that, and it's like not close enough to the cusp. You're going to see the, those types probably try to leave. I'm, I mean, Dame Lillard is built different, but I think if you put somebody else in those shoes, they would have left. Right. Now, Any other superstar. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it really, I just think it's going to give them, give guys that one or two extra years to say, I'll see what the franchise does. Yeah. Okay. Um, the reason why I ask that is we ask that is because well we know that a lot of the formations of super teams is due to legacy chasing. Like they're chasing they're chasing their legacy like you like shit, you don't mean as much as a player unless you got a ring. I mean look at all the all the like you and I were talking earlier about all the disrespect Charles Barkley gets and it's and it's simply because that man doesn't have a ring, even though he's he is probably uh top three ever to ever to play that position. Yeah. So but it but he gets all the disrespect because it never amounted to a ring. So a lot of the super teams um are formed because of how they want their legacy to of because of how players would like their legacy to be viewed um, in history. 
but mm -hmm. if it starts to matter with how you get that ring, if that starts to be part of the conversation, and if you being a part of a super team starts to be part of the conversation to where like, oh, well, that's a knock on that ring that you have. They, you might see less guys wanting to go form super teams. Yeah, but I think there's one more step that has to happen before that ultimately happens. And the one more step that has to happen is, to be honest, is we have to see one more super team win the chip. Um, we got to see one more superstar win their first chip by joining a super team. Meaning, let's say, let's say James Harden gets his first ring with the Nets and they win. Mm -hmm. We would have to see what the response is to that. Because, you know, the response to the Lakers dub last year was, although some people, you know, people talked about the bubble, the asterisks, everything. A lot of people were impressed. A lot of people were impressed. A lot of people gave them credit. Um, but that was legitimately that wasn't a super team. That, like, no, no, I don't believe it. I don't believe it was. But what I'm saying is, people are giving AD credit for that ring. No, but I'm saying he deserves credit for that ring. No, 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 no. I, I, I understand what you. I understand what you're trying. What, I, what you're saying. What I'm trying to say is this, Mark. If a young player can team, if a young player who's considered a superstar can team up with another superstar and they're not going to get knocked for it, then they're going to do it. So, okay. well, so, so, so even I mean, though there's three on the nets, even though there's three on the nets, what I'm trying to tell you is I think we need to see how they respond to that. If the nets win, if the nets win one, we need to see how they respond to it. Because if, if they give the nets the same amount, the same amount of respect that they, that they gave the heat when they finally won, or the same amount of respect that they gave the Warriors after they put KD on the team, then those guys are still going to chase that because they're going to be like, okay, it's a little bit of a knock, but it ain't enough of a knock to deter me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? People have to – I think it's going to take people looking at three rings for KD versus one ring for Giannis and still saying Giannis's one might be equal to KD's three. If that conversation starts to take place, then yes, then then like, but I think the way it sits right now is it's just you know, it's not it's not enough. It's not enough to sway everybody. Okay. I uh, mean, I would I would I would like to think so, Mark, but I'm I'm a skeptic, man. That's great. <laughs> hey, so um, future conversation to have because I'm just thinking about it now while we're talking. So I want to write this down. Um, uh, so you, uh, make a note of this as well. I uh, want to have this conversation. Hopefully we can have it next week if things are slow enough, but I want to ask, uh, just something to think about what makes up a super team, what qualifies, what quantifies a team as a super team? Like, like, like that's one. And I also want to ask. Let's name some failed super teams that have existed in the NBA. Okay. Okay. That's fair. I like those topics, man. 
Yeah, so um because right now in my head I'm thinking <laughs> three. And so that that have fat that have flat out failed and didn't work out. So so yeah. so that's mm. an interesting thing that um like people chase the super team, but the super team isn't always guaranteed. Um so it's interesting. But anyway, Milwaukee just won a championship. The Milwaukee Bucks just won a championship and uh after fifty years. And now it looks like the way things are going, it may be another fifty years before they win another one for in the NFL. Because things are falling apart in Green Bay. Um <laughs> and I don't and I don't know what to say, man. Listen, you had you Sean had uh, some very interesting words about this one. So, I'm going to let you take the lead here and uh just let's talk about it, man. Um what's going on in Green Bay, brother? Well, let's just let's just go ahead and get to the fucking facts first, you know. Um apparently it's been no secret that Aaron Rodgers has not been happy with the way that the organization has been handling him and the way that the coaching staff has been handling him. Um so with that said, you know, it's been two years and um, they, the word on the street is they offered this man, I'm not going to say he offered him, he turned down a two-year, $120 million deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Aaron Rodgers is not playing with these fools, man. They try to give him hush money. They try to get a man hush money so he can shut up and play ball and he don't want to do it. So, um. I don't know what the hell's wrong with the Packers organization. They must not want to fuck them in. Like, the arrogance, man, the sheer arrogance of, of the way they've treated this man, the way they've gone about the, the structuring of the team. Um, Aaron Rodgers has gotten to a point in his career where he's staring down the barrel of the same conundrum that um, John Elway ran into at the end of his career. John Elway played a lot of years and getting very far into the playoffs and getting to Super Bowls before he had to be like 35 and realize, you know what, man? I might need a fucking running back. I might need some help. I can't do it all by myself. You know what I mean? Aaron Rodgers has got has been at the point where he's like, look, man, I'll keep trying, but damn it, I need receivers. Like, I'm great, but no nobody can do it without receivers. He's 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 come to that conclusion. Apparently, a couple years, a few years before the Packers want to. So right now, Mark, what I said earlier was, I feel like, I feel like what Aaron Rodgers is doing is necessary. This is the first time that I've seen a notable superstar um, that wants out, especially at the quarterback position, that wants out, that's kind of forcibly making sure they get out. But instead of making themselves look bad, he's making the organization look bad, Mark. Um, Because the second he decided to play ball with the new coach and go with the system for two years, that was it. You guys wanted him to bow down and you guys wanted him to, to just play ball. And he did that. You know, the results are the results. And, and now you have the whole league talking about it, how they're doing Aaron Rodgers a disservice. 
You know what I mean? Everybody said this. You know, everybody, it's, it's, it's what's going on in, in mainstream media. You know, people killed them for, for the, uh, is it Jordan Love? Jordan Love draft pick? You know? Um, yeah, they, there's, like, now you guys are starting to embarrass yourself. You can't put him on, in, on Aaron Rodgers no more. So he's, and then for him to make it public, because you know that came from his camp, that he turned down the 122 years. For him to go about it in this way, it's really shedding, it's really putting the Packers organization in a bad light. And I'm just happy to see somebody that has problems with an organization that plays quarterback that's willing to buck the system. Because a lot of times these quarterbacks, they're company men. So even when things go bad and they want to leave, they'll make sure it's amicably so that they don't tarnish these relationships that they have. But Aaron Rodgers don't give a fuck about that. So, um, yeah, so I, I like the fact that Aaron Rodgers has been very vocal about what's happening and what he likes and what he doesn't like. And I think it's great that he's out here turning down $120 million. You know what I'm saying? Because you know in the NFL, change don't come unless the quarterbacks get on board. Okay. Um... So, so I don't know how much this means for the future, but I'm just happy to see the Packers organization getting essentially – put on blast and, and making make, you know and and he's pointing out the fact that they're just being dumb uh, yeah I guess I when, I guess that would be fair um, I would just say this um, about what's going on there though it's been like to add to what you're talking about it's been um, what four Four years at least since uh, Aaron Rodgers first made uh, made it known that he would like another receiver. Yeah, and if you want to if you want to date that, that goes back to the year that Jordy Nelson had a bad injury and was gone for most of the year. Well, so it's been it's been yeah. oh quite a while where <laughs> he was like look. Um, I need, like, I have, I have my Robin, but I need my Alfred too, or like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, essentially like, what he's saying, he's like, I'm Batman, and I got Robin, but I need my Red Hood. That's a, probably a better, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, yeah. I got, he, I got my Nightwing, can I get my Robin? Like, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, I Hey, I, I need some, somebody else got to join the team, man. Exactly. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So that's essentially what he said. And it, what's interesting is that every time he said this, Green Bay was like, yo, we can't give you, we can't give you uh, a Robin, but we could give you Jim Gordon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't do that, man. He said Jim Gordon. <laughs> hey, that's what, hey, man, first of all, I, like, nah, you're not gonna do my man Jim Gordon better. Like, you got like, I guess, I guess, Mark, it's equivalent. Jim Gordon's like, look, man, my hands are tied by the law. I just work within the confines. Like, I'll be, I'll be a little bit of hope, but I'm not really gonna do anything for you. you right, know what you like, <laughs> like, uh, like they giving you, like they give, like you're not giving him what he wants. He asked for a wide receiver, and you're like, well, um, here's uh. Here, here's an offensive lineman. And he's like, that's great. I needed an offensive lineman, but did I need four of them? I just wanted one investment in a wide receiver early on in the draft. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, 
uh, we can't give you that, but we'll give you an Alfred. And he's like, yeah, that's that's dope. Thanks. Cool. <laughs> but I still need my Red Hood or my Robin. Can I get that? And they decide, nah, we're going to give you Jordan Love. And so at this point, he's like, all right, bro. Like, I'm tapped out. You not listening. Like, the Jordan Love thing was the last straw. Like, because, yeah. <laughs> because it's not essentially what I would like to believe that it's less to do with them drafting for the future and having a backup plan. It was more so like you guys, I'm asking, I would like to win a championship. I have Devonte Adams. Thank you. Cool. I appreciate that. I would like another guy. And instead of making a strong investment in wide receiver, you go you go get a quarterback early while I'm still here instead That's of giving a, me a wide receiver. That is a, a very passive-aggressive threat is what it is, Mark. It, very, um, very matter-of-fact, kind of like, oh, you want a wide receiver? Oh, you want – oh, okay. You want to make, make demands and shit. Bam, first round, <laughs> first round quarterback. Look, we got our coach of the future. His system is great. You know, his offensive system is great. You know, we still got some tools here. Look, man, hey, you say you might leave. I'm just saying, well, since you said it, you know, we'll just prepare. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about it. We're not going to – oh, you thought we was going to go catch you a wide receiver. No, 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 This is – man, they definitely uh, they definitely were trying to put him in his place with that. And that's what it felt like to me, Mark. It also felt like that to me. So – hundred percent. So, and, and well, that's certainly how that's certainly how Aaron seems to have taken it. Well, I think it's still a chess move because he he took it that way, and then he complained about it. Um, and then when the season started, he I know it took every ounce of strength in him to not be that guy, Mark. And he he went in there and he swallowed his pride, not all the way, because that <laughs> motherfucker was petty. He ran that offense as vanilla as he could that year. That man, they were. T- I'm, I hated the fact that everybody talked about how little interceptions he had. I was like, don't talk to me about him getting throwing six picks when this motherfucker threw 17 touchdowns. <laughs> don't talk to me. This <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this man, <laughs> every time he's in trouble, he's like, I'm just going to throw it out of bounds. Like, he's like, no, we're not going to do that. But that he literally ran that shit as vanilla as he possibly could and followed them. He followed their shit and said, look, your offense don't work, man. Give me what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, he played ball, essentially. He did what they wanted. But it was to show them that they wrong. And it and to me, it worked. Because the very next season, he did more of the ignoring the calls. And then these motherfuckers go to the NFC Championship game. And if you look at it, man, coaching, co- coaching ruined that shit. Aaron could have played better. The coaching was horrible in that shit. Time management, clock management. And hey, we, we're not gonna, you know, we saw we're not gonna take that, this field goal. Like, and we saw the play that Aaron gave up on. Like he was like, nah. Yeah, no. Like, so I said he does take some blame on it, but at the same time, look, man, it, he showed why he's Aaron Rodgers. Like he did. I did it your way last year. I did it my way this year. Which one looks better? You know what I'm saying? So, so I feel like he's proven his point. You know. He's definitely proving his point, and I think the Packers, um, you know, 
this is that NFL front office mentality. <laughs> we will not allow the players to have any control. Right. Well, and that's that's basically what we're seeing here in Green Bay. It has nothing to do with winning. It has nothing to do with losing. It has nothing to do with money. Well, they want Aaron Rodgers to sit his ass down. Well, essentially, well, it seems like they're overplaying their hand because absolutely because it seems to be reverberating beyond um, Aaron Rodgers. Because if you look at the the recent comments of Devontae Adams, Devontae essentially said. Look, man, I don't have intentions on being here. Um, if 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 they don't franchise me, I'm not going to be here. Because he said he said before the even season started in the interview, I would love to go play with uh, Derek Carr again. He's he like our chemistry mm-hmm. is amazing. This, that, and the third. And he said, Nah, like yeah, like I would if. In the future, where I'll get signed next, I would love to uh, go play with Derek Clarkin. So he just yeah. it. so he flat out said without saying, "I don't plan on resigning here. Don't worry about it." Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, so I was doing some research here, Mark, and I'm glad that we're talking about Devontae Adams. I'm doing some research here, man, because I knew I had to look this up. So to give you an idea of how much they've been not giving this man wide receivers, um. If you think about the last three, what are the last three great wide receivers that the well fuck it? What are the last group of great wide receivers that Aaron Rodgers has had? Greg Olson, uh Jordy Nelson. You said Greg Olson? Not Greg Olson, uh Greg, sorry. You said Jordy Nelson, who was uh, uh Greg You said about Greg Jennings? Yes, Greg Jennings, excuse me. Sorry, okay. I didn't mean to say Greg um, Olson. Don't kill me. Okay. No, okay. I'm not Stephen A. Smith, sorry. Okay, you know, we, we already talk about Devontae Adams. Yep. Okay, the only reason why I brought this up, Mark, because there's, there's only three times since Aaron Rodgers has been on the team that they've drafted a wide receiver in the first two rounds. Jordan Nelson, Randall Cobb, and Devontae Adams. I think they all oh, yeah, turned Randall out pretty Cobb. fucking good. Oh, yeah. Now, at one point in time, he had those three. Like... I think that turned out pretty good, Mark. You know what I mean? I don't know why they don't want to draft guys in the first two rounds of wide receiver, especially when there's a million wide receivers. Think about these drafts for the last two or three years, Mark. They've been wide receivers everywhere. Right. There's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't have drafted wide receiver in one of these drafts. It's just it's gross negligence. It's petty. Look, man, all, all I'm saying is whenever you've given them a top, like, first two-round wide receiver, first and second-round wide receiver, they've become perennial pro bowlers. He's – those have been the best teams that he's had. Yeah. I don't understand it, Mark. So, the proof is in the pudding. They're absolutely not drafting wide receivers for him, Mark. To, to think that be, before the, Devontae Adams, the last time they went and got that man a receiver was Randall Cobb is crazy. What was Randall? That Cobb? was 2011. Where was Randall Cobb drafted? Second round. Oh, see. That was in 2011. That was the last time outside of Devontae Adams that they got. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So, and Devontae Adams is a second round guy too. So yeah, so that's uh that's a little that's a little wild. Um, 
Yeah. But it does seem to be over for Green Bay. That seems to it seems like the future the future's not bright for Green Bay. They won't hey. be needing shades anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing if 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 Aaron Rodgers leaves and then Devontae Adams follows. Aaron, I think they're gonna they're gonna look back on this and be like, I mean, everybody else knows you overplaying your hand. You know what I'm saying? Right. But but they're gonna look back on this. Um Hopefully they learn something from this because you're right, Mark. Um, the reason why they were able to stay great for so many years is because they, they had a seamless transition from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love ain't the guy. I'm just going to say that right now. Well, he ain't the guy. Well, see, here's the – now, that's where I can't go out the window. I can't say Jordan Love's not the guy before Jordan Love even gets to perform or show. I know, team, but – what I'm saying is they're gonna come on hard times. They didn't have yes. to with they didn't have to with Aaron Rodgers. I know what Aaron Rodgers looked like in college. Right. I expected him to be a great NFL pro. Jordan Love is not somebody I expected to be a great NFL pro. So maybe he does turn out to be something, but in the short, in the meantime, he's gonna struggle. Okay. Um, That's just what I see. Especially uh, since they don't have the wide receivers that they should have. Yeah, like if they're not gonna, if they're not gonna have Devonte Adams, then it's gonna be bad. But that's here, what I mean. But here's the thing. Here, here's the thing about that though. If if Aaron Rodgers walks, they're not letting Devonte Adams walk. They oh, they're gonna franchise him. Yeah, like they're not letting <laughs> that happen. They hey, I hope I hope he's comfortable with the franchise tag. You're right. You're right. They got to save face, Mark, because they're going to have egg on it. They're going to have egg on their face yeah, at gonna, that moment. They're going to have egg on their face. face. They're going to have egg on their face, and they're going to have a lot of money freed up. <laughs> and their pocket's going to be deep. Yeah, exactly. You're right. You're right. So, like, it's not – like, Devontae, like, it's cool that you want to go play with Derek, but you ain't going nowhere, bro. Like, just know that. Like, so, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, um, yeah, that is funny, though. Man, that, but that, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is done. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how this is going to play out, where Aaron Rodgers is going to end up, or how it's going to be, but he's gone. Yeah, man. It's, it, it's, he is pretty much. He ain't done. playing the game no more with these fools. Like, he's done. <laughs> yeah. Now, seeing how the NFL season is gearing up, like now there's news opening up around the NFL and things, and another quarterback that is. That just so happened across my feed recently was Lamar Jackson. Um, Lamar Jackson uh, had an event where he was playing around with the kids, uh, showing them running routes, this, that, and the third, and everything. And Lamar Jackson, in his quote, says, "It's better to have them kids out there having fun than playing with guns." So, not so next year we're running it back with even more fun. Um, talking about his event that he had. Um, which is dope, um, which is real dope. The only problem is apparently somebody had a problem with it. Um, Shannon Sharp had a problem with it. He he says this is Shannon Sharp on Lamar Jackson running routes on asphalt with the fans. He says. Lamar, you're on the verge of getting generational wealth. Why risk it? It's not worth it. Don't mess don't mess your money up, man. And uh and a 
it's funny, but uh, Marquise uh, Van uh, Scantling. Oh, that's Scantling. Yeah. One of those nondescript wide receivers for the Packers, but continue. Yeah, exactly. He said <laughs> he responds to Shannon Sharp and says because he wants to go back and be the guy that he never saw as a kid. Could change a kid's life. Big bigger than chasing a check when you are a genuine person that cares about the youth. Now that's that is uh his response to uh Shannon Sharp. Um What's your response to all this? Oh, oh, man. That's exactly the type of response I expect from a third-tier player. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mr. Valdez-Scantling, this is the type of shit that you could do when your last name is Valdez-Scantling, okay? You could go out there. You could run your routes on the asphalt. You could give back to the community. You could be that guy that the kids look up to. Um <laughs> Lamar Jackson wants to continue playing in this league. Lamar Jackson, I believe, wants he's a very humble guy. He wants to be a superstar. He wants to continue to have the influence that he has within the community. You know, he's a very great guy, you know. Um, he does want that bag. But I'm sure, judging from the from his character, he wants that bag so he can do more to help people. Right. And if he's as giving as a guy that you say he is, then yes, it is something that he should consider. And 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 let's say, let's say and real quick, I'm gonna talk. I'm, I want to mention the Shannon Sharp shit. He's talking. Shannon Sharp only mentions the bag. Mm-hmm. Generational wealth. It's, it's it's one thing if you're talking about a running back. This is a quarterback. I just said Aaron Rodgers turned down a two-year, $120 million deal, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the way that the, the due to all the inflation with the quarterback prices, look, if Lamar Jackson stays healthy, he can, he can earn probably at least 500 mil over the course of his career. Right. That is generational wealth. Look, if you're talking about $30 million over the course of your career, Okay, maybe you want to make that decision. Maybe the money doesn't make that much difference. You know, in any in a lot of other scenarios, I would say, you know, Shannon Sharp, you gotta look at more than just the money. But when we're talking about generational wealth, and we're talking about a young black man, you know what I mean? Black people do not come upon generational wealth very often. Generational wealth in the black community does not get passed down very often. So you have a chance for that, then yes. I do feel like you should consider the money. And then let's say for my final point, let's say you take the money away, Mark. Let's say he is that person that just genuinely wants to be that guy for the community. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he wants to be not, maybe that, maybe not just for the community, but for the United States, for, for the little kids everywhere, you know, you know, around the United States. Um, I'm going to throw out a list of names for you, Mark, as to why he shouldn't run on the pavement. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Running routes. We'll talk about sharp cuts. I see people run routes and blow their knee out just for trying to run the route too sharp. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got uh, names like RG3 is a big one. He ain't inspiring not a damn person right now. Okay. He, he was just as big as Lamar Jackson is right now. Um, you got names like Jordan Reed. Another Washington player who, in like Jordan Reed, I don't know how many years everybody said 
Jordan Reed could be the best tight end in the league if he was healthy. Okay? Jordan Reed could be he could be, he could have been Kittle. He could have been George Kittle. He's not. Okay? Right. Um Ryan Shazier. He might never play football again. But you know what I'm saying? Ryan Shazier, you know, when he was playing with the Steelers, he was a one-of-a-kind talent at linebacker who would have played for years and just dominated in that, would have had a huge impact. He would have been a household name. Um, and then you got people that were flashing the pan because they were um, injury-prone. You have – I know Reggie Bush's career didn't really take off in the NFL like he was supposed to. But once he started getting hurt, it was a wrap. He had no chance to. Um, you look at Bob Sanders for the Colts. He was Troy Polamalu. People are not going to remember that about him. People are probably not even going to remember the name Bob Sanders. Okay? <laughs> People are probably going to hear his name right now and be like, damn, I forgot about that guy. Okay? And last but not least, I got two names. I got Marion Barber. Mm. See? You know what I'm saying? And then I'm going to throw out Sterling Sharp. Okay. Sterling Sharp should be a Hall of Famer. Sterling Sharp, <laughs> as Shannon says, was better than him. Mm. Um, there's so many examples around the league where you just look at a guy. And, I, and let's say out of that list of people, the people that I think that could have had the most influence, somebody like a Reggie Bush, you know, or somebody like, a, um, somebody like Jordan Reed. And they never got RG3, excuse me. RG3 is another one of those. Those are guys like RG3, in reality, is the closest thing that Lamar can look at and be like, this is how injuries can, can derail your shit. Dumb injuries, injuries that should have never happened can derail you. You know, and nobody's nobody remembers RG3 for the season that he had. Mm-hmm. The only thing that people remember RG3 for is being injury prone, being stupid about his injuries and then being a completely like, damn, I didn't, man, I, I keep forgetting he's playing for the Ravens. That's where he's at now. Guess what? You can't be as inspirational as you want to be. And you definitely can't get the bag. So me personally, yes. Do not run those routes on the pavement, young man. <laughs> once you secure that wealth, and I think this is all Shannon Short was really trying to say is once you secure that wealth, then you can go do those things. Then you can go have that fun. Now, if something happens to you, it doesn't matter. You might, you know what I mean? And if you don't have that influence from being in the game and being a star anymore, you at least have the money to use that for the influence. Well, I can't put it any better than what you put it. So I'm going to let you mic drop and we're going to move right along. (laughs) All right. There's a bit of a mystery going on in the NFL right now. And that is, why did the Raiders president, Mark uh, Bedane, why did he resign? Um, this is the Raiders president. The This is the president of the team who, who has now resigned, not, not before the season started, but... He resigned after the draft, after free agency, and two to three weeks before 
preseason starts. And now, all of a sudden, he resigns from the team. And they don't say why, don't give a reason as far as health or anything like that. It just says resigns and leaves it blank at that. So, Sean, do you think that there's some nefarious reasons as to why this uh, gentleman was, uh, he, he resigned? (laughs) um what how can i explain this um it's the raiders organization number one i'm just going to throw that out there um number two they've had the team in las vegas for a year (laughs) this is las vegas okay um number three the timing is very peculiar very uh (laughs) very interesting timing mark and i saw an article that said that they thought it was interesting because this is a month, like a little bit over a month before they gonna have, um, you know, a sold out game, a sold out game opener. Mm-hmm. Um, last season due to COVID, they weren't able to have the crowds, you know, it was an empty stadium completely. They didn't even have a partial crowd last year. Um, so now this is the first time they're gonna have seats and uh, I mean, butts in the seats in the stadium. And not only are you going to have butts in the seats, but it's going to be sold out. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, it, most most of the home, most of the home games for the Raiders are sold out. Yes. They might have a sold out season. Um, and with that said, he was very um, integral in, in in the moving. He was an integral part of moving the team to Las Vegas. It's part of his vision to move the team to Las Vegas. So for him to not see it all the way through to the grand season opener, you know, home opener that's going to be sold out seems absolutely ridiculous. Like, I, there's no way in hell that he's just like, ah, my time's up. I, you know what? It was a great run. Because that's that's the statement that got put out, Mark. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. As he said, you know, he had a great 30-year run. You know, it is what it is. It's just his time is done, and he's going to, you know, he enjoyed it while it lasted. No. No, you you didn't just wake up with an epiphany. So maybe he woke up with somebody named Tiffany, but I don't know, Mark. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely something nefarious going on. And Mark, uh, oh, let's give it about two weeks. I give it about two weeks before we hear something. But right as of right now, nothing's come out. Yeah, um, nothing has come out, but that is something to be on the lookout for. But I just find it interesting that this guy can go off quietly into the night with something that happened and like nobody's like, yo, what why did you resign? If a if a black if if a player if a player was to just be like, yo, randomly it said, I retire right now, like one week before the season without saying anything, there would be Everybody interviewer likes saying, wanting to know why. Why did you do this? What's going on? Blah 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 blah. You can't be a guy at that high of a position and resign at this time. And it's just like, oh, we're going to quietly question, but we're not going to blow this up. Like, so. well, it's funny that you mentioned that entire scenario because me as a Niners fan, I watched it happen. Um, Chris Borland. Um. If people that for, the, for those that don't know that aren't familiar with the Niners, um, 
Patrick Willis, Patrick Willis got hurt. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Patrick Willis got hurt. Navarro Bowman was hurt. Um, he filled in. Chris Boylan filled in. And from the time that he filled in um, to the time that the season ended, he led the league in tackles. Okay. Um, at middle linebacker. And he ended up being an all pro or a camera if it was all pro or pro bowl, but he definitely got notoriety, you know, um, I'm trying to remember, he might've been defensive rookie of the year. Um, but I'm saying he, he definitely showed up and showed out Mark, like generational talent. Hey, this guy is going to be something for the rest of his career. And he just had a coming out party in his rookie season. Um, and then, um, I don't even remember when it was, but it was sometime in the off season and it was way before the season started. He decided, Hey, I'm going to retire. And you know what happened, Mark? Reporters were shoving all kinds of microphones in that man's face, Mark. <laughs> they had a whole lot of questions. Like you said, a whole lot of questions. He answered them. Right. He spoke about the effects of CTE and him, uh, having a degree and him now having the money and the notoriety for him to start his business and make money other ways that weren't going to be detrimental to his health. Um, But, but the point of the matter is they did ask Mark, they asked him a million questions. The second he said he was retiring, everybody wanted to know why a rookie linebacker with that much promise on the horizon would just, would just quit. So it's the same thing. This guy, you know, the, you got the president of operations waiting to see his baby, his project, moving the Raiders to Las Vegas. He got the final step in seeing a sold-out opener. Why would he quit? So, yes, I feel like it is not. Um, I, to me, it just seems like it's another scenario where the NFL somehow has the media in their pocket. Mm. You know, the same way they have – the police departments in their pocket. Mm. So I don't know, man. Uh, that's the way I feel about it. I feel like it's definitely the NFL that doesn't want it to come out because, you know, it's the owners. The NFL owners, just they, this, this is the way they move, you know? Yeah, I feel you, man. There is an article that I read, came across randomly, and I found it interesting, so I wanted to share uh with you guys today. Um, There is a woman's beach handball team that was fined for choosing to wear shorts over bikini bottoms. Um, This is a Norwegian team in the European uh, beach handball uh, league. It's called the European Handball Federation, the EHF. I've never even heard of the EHF, and I'm very curious to how you play handball on a on sand or on a beach, but it is what it is. Uh, they get it done, Mark. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm having a feeling that what they consider handball is not what we consider handball here. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna assume there's some differences. Yes, I'm actually about to do some research right now. So continue. But yeah, <laughs> the Norwegian women's handball team has been fined after players opted to wear shorts instead of bikini bottoms during a European championship game. So this was 
So this is one of the championship contenders, and they decided to uh, wear a big shorts instead of bikini bottoms. This says um, this article is from CNN, by the way. It says the European Handball Federation said Monday that it imposed a fine of fifteen hundred euros, which is approximately uh, seventeen hundred dollars, um, or a hundred and fifty euros, a hundred and seventy-six dollars for each player on the team for improper clothing in the bronze medal game against Spain on Sunday. <laughs> the team's decision to wear shorts did not comply with the uniform regulations defined in the IHF beach handball rules of the game, the EHF said in a statement. According to the International Handball Federation regulations, female athletes must wear bikini bottoms with a side width a maximum of 10 centimeters or 3.9 inches uh, with a close fit and a cut on an upward angle towards the leg. Meanwhile, men must wear shorts that are not too baggy and 10 centimeters above the kneecap. Um, the team coach, uh, Esco Andrasen, uh, told CNN Tuesday that the uniform regulations could discourage women from playing the sport. Um, for obvious reasons, I'm going to leave that there. There's more to the article, mm -hmm. but, um, I'm gonna leave that there and say this. Um, why, like, why does it matter as much or why are we so hell, hell bent on outdated regulations? Um, these like, first of all, like the, those those regulations seem a bit uh, sexist and sexual, correct? <laughs> it absolutely is. Like, like you just gotta, man. You ask it what it is. It's just a bunch of old perverts, man. Like, let's just let's. <laughs> I mean, let's just keep it. I'm, I'm, I don't want to dance around this shit, man. Look, you got a bunch of old guys. I'm sure it's a bunch of old men. I'm sure it's not no old ladies on this fucking panel. You know what I'm saying? A bunch of old men on this panel that want to see handball in bikinis. You know what I'm saying? That's what they want to see. So, so it, but, but how they're allowed to still move and operate in this way in this day and age is beyond me, Mark. I just tried, I did some research, Mark. So I tried to watch some videos of handball highlights. Uh -huh. It's regular handball, indoor handball. And what I'm gathering is it, the way that they play it is it's like soccer. But you're catching with your hands and you're using just you just have to catch it and move around like that and i guess the better description is if you're familiar with the sport lacrosse right it's basically lacrosse without the sticks with without without the sticks and without legal contact okay so they're just running around they'll throw it to somebody and then they'll catch it and they'll jump up and try to throw it in the net like it literally looks like a soccer field Okay. okay, so but and then I go. So I this I, I was watching the men's indoor, and I was like, okay, that's cool. I go to the women's uh, beach, and they're wearing bikini bottoms and sports bras. It's the most ridiculous thing, Mark. There's absolutely no reason why to it be should in be a, that way. in a skippy outfit. It should not. It should not even be that way, right? So, why? Now, if you're jumping up and playing, so you mean to tell me your bikini bottom is going to turn into a thong bottom? It 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 does, Mark. Like I said, I just did some research. It absolutely. I wasn't sure 
if they were if some of them were wearing thongs or whether they're just wearing bikini bottoms. Within 15 seconds, I was like, this is why those guys have their rules and regulations. Okay. You just got a bunch of old perverts, you know what I'm saying, that are regulating this sport. And and to be honest with you, Mark, it's it's one thing to say you can wear this. It's another thing to say that this shit is mandatory. <laughs> Who the hell do you think you are putting clothes on? Take those clothes back off. Like that's what's happening here. That's what's happening here. Like, did you see the picture of the of the team of the Norwegian uh, handball yeah. team? Yes, I saw it with the. I saw the shorts. Like, the shorts wasn't the, bad. It wasn't like the wearing were... the wearing shorts, the wearing spandex shorts, and I was like, "Look, man. I mean, and I hate to take it here. It's like." That's not visually pleasing enough, Mark. They need to see bare naked cheeks, okay? This is the problem, man. Like it's this is absolutely a problem, Mark. There's no Whoa. there's no reason why they should be allowed to continue moving forward in this way. And now that it's been highlighted on a grander scale, I would like I would hope that some type of some type of government steps in. Well, if these old men like that, then they would love the basketball league that's going on in Atlanta. <laughs> hey, dog. You know what? They probably have something to do with that. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, but yeah. I, I, I hear that that basketball league could get flown out for special party events. So maybe maybe those guys might want to uh, <laughs> look into that. Look, man, look. look. I don't know much about that basketball league in Atlanta. But I do I did happen to notice that some of the outfits look very similar to these uh, beach handball outfits. That's all I'm gonna say. But but yeah, Mark, so so yeah, this is the thing though. Like I, I honestly feel like there should be some type of government interference. And I don't say that, but I'm not for that at all mark when it comes to a lot of things but damn it come on man you gonna disqualify them because they decided to wear fucking spandex shorts well they were fine not disqualified oh fine excuse me still i'm sure they're not making enough money playing beach handball for them to be taking these fucking fines i can tell you that you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so it's the, you want to put clothes on? It's going to cost you. Yeah. Like everything, it sounds so ridiculous to me, Mark. Nah, man. This is, you know, it just shows us that in <laughs> but, other parts of the world, they're not as forward, uh, well, they're not as forward thinking as, as the United States is. Well, we can't say that because we are the home of the lingerie league, the lingerie football league. They, they <laughs> show up like it's very clear, it's in the title. You can't show up to the lingerie league and then not want to wear lingerie. So very straightforward. They know full it is full disclosure here in the United States. We, no, but okay? you know what's full funny? disclosure. I don't, you know what's funny? I don't think the lingerie football league exists anymore. I think that this continued like maybe almost. It might have just happened almost with COVID. almost ten. No, I think it discontinued like almost ten you years sure? ago. Because you know they had changed the name, right? No, did they? That's probably why you can't find it. Look up Legends. Look up Legends Football League. All right, but that, I could have sworn that like they it, it doesn't. But yeah, it, it, it's it's yeah, it's because they changed the name. But in all in all seriousness, uh, 
the let uh, no, you're right because it says 2019 season. The Legends Football League. I'm gonna be honest, man. Like the lingerie takes away from how serious and how well these women play the game. Like that's but that's another thing though. Like in like women just want to. There's a lot of women that just want to play football at this point. And you mean to tell me they gotta dress up in lingerie just so they can play football professionally somewhere? Like that's a good point because I will say the competitive I don't know if there's another league out there for football for women that exists. But I'm I'm almost willing to bet everything that I own that that league. Where they were in the lingerie is the most competitive. Yo, I know you've seen the games, Mark. Yes, they. I've seen they the games. Ball. It is the most competitive by far. I guarantee you that. So yes, you're right. You're like, yo, I want to play. I want to play football on the highest level as a female. And then they then they hand you uh, some boy shorts. They hand you lace boy shorts and say, yeah, you know, know what I'm saying? Like what? What are we doing? Give me this my uniform. Like, I didn't know I was working at Twin Peaks. I don't know what was going on here, man. Like, like what so, are we doing? So, like, so yeah, it's it, it is like it is crazy that like so for somebody for a female to just want to play football competitively on the highest level, that's what you gotta subject yourself to. Like you wanna you wanna play football on a professional level and now you gotta wear the same outfit that Shorty wearing over at Little Darlings. Like stop it. <laughs> Yo, yo, the same thing, you know, saying you look like a, uh, you, you're out there looking like um, one of the shot girls at uh, Deja Vu, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm like, so, yeah, it's crazy. I, it's, I, I I know we're making jokes about this shit, but this shit is unacceptable, Mark. I don't even know what better way to put it, except for it is unacceptable. It lets you just, it lets you know how much diversity or lack thereof there is when it comes to uh, major sports and the people that run the committees and uh, come up with the rules for the shit. Yeah. Like, Doug, that's, like, it's just, that is just crazy. You walk up, like, yo, you walking around looking like a star tender and they like, yo, what do, <laughs> what do you do? I play football. Huh? <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, like, come on, man. Nobody's going to believe you. Yeah, like, 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 yo, nobody's gonna take you serious. Yo, your, that's one. You know what I'm saying? Your football so, outfit look like sexy football player in a how from a Halloween store. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 like, I don't know what to tell. Like, I'm laughing. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be this funny. But Mark, imagine, imagine if somebody said, "Okay, now you, we're gonna give you a shot." You know, so you you want to play basketball? Okay, mm -hmm. look. Put this uh, put this banana hammock on. Put this uh, speedo <laughs> one. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, sorry, just comes with the job. Um, if you wear if you wear running shorts, we're gonna have to find you. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, you're gonna yeah, you, you're gonna have to just be there in all your glory with these speedos on, brother. If you want to get a paycheck, like how crazy would that be, man? Like it's like like I don't know, man. That's the way I see it. It's like. I mean, shit. This is what they're subjected to. This is what they're subjected to. I, I mean, shit. Let's look at indoor volleyball. Like, I mean, that this is that's not nearly as egregious as. The but thing. it still is what it is. Yeah, exactly. With the sm very small shorts and like the very small spandex shorts. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and I feel as though indoor volleyball could legit like if indoor volleyball was to be 
turned into a major sport, I would watch it. Like, like in women's indoor volleyball is probably my favorite thing to watch in the Olympics. And it has nothing to do with the, like, obviously as a young man, the way that my eyes first looked at it was like, <laughs> yeah. was like, it's that girl from team Brazil that like, that's yeah, like <laughs> that's out there going yeah. crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, but then I actually watched the sport and I'm like, no, this is highly competitive stuff. Like, yeah. and I'm yeah. so like my favorite thing in the Olympics to watch now is is indoor is women's indoor volleyball but even with, but with that being said the way to get viewership should no longer be through the exploitation of women we are yeah. far beyond uh that point in 2021 yeah yeah like um yeah we are we we are like um shoot if you wanted to see if you wanted to fight or engage in combat as a woman 30 years ago, you were mud wrestling. You know what I'm saying? And now they bought they're, they're boxing. They're, they're, they're in the UFC. Like it evolved. Right. You know what I'm saying? It evolved. And what happens during that evolution is, you know, steel sharpens steel, the talent pool gets better. And then you have a great product, but you have to give it a chance to grow. Mm-hmm. Because you got to think to yourself, how many women out there that can really play football ain't doing it because they got to put that outfit on? Like, yeah, I'm just saying, know. it's it's crazy. But um, you talk about the volleyball thing. Just one more thing on that. You talk about the outfits. I remember being in high school, you know, having a having a girlfriend that played volleyball. And the first time I went to go, I just happened to stay after school. She was staying after school, too. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'll come see you at practice. And I went to practice, and I was like, first, you know, as a young man, I was like, okay, that's that's nice to look at. And then I began thinking about spectators. You know, I've seen a couple guys walk into the gym, and I'm like, hold up, man. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know how, I don't know how I feel about these outfits, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how I feel about my girl being on a volleyball team in – like these dudes, like I'd be looking at these dudes, like, do you really, are you really interested in what's going on here? Huh? Are you really a ball, volleyball fan? Let me go over there and start questioning these dudes, asking if they know what the rules are. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, I felt a certain way about it. You know what I'm saying? It felt different. It felt different looking at them, looking at the outfits um, when I wasn't thinking about my girlfriend or noticing my girlfriend wearing an outfit. As soon as I noticed it, I was like, okay, I feel different. But right. I mean, but at the same time, Mark, um, that was definitely a sign for me that it was like, yo, who picked these outfits? You know what I mean? Who picked these outfits? And why are they this way? Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, it is what it is. But, um, um, yeah, I feel like the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from this is there should be options. If you want to wear that, go ahead, wear it. You know what I'm saying? If you want to wear long shorts, wear long shorts, you know? There should definitely be options, Mark. And that's that's the part that I'm not liking about this whole thing. Yeah, that's um exactly. It's like you're taking their choice away and and um feel it feels to me like you're sexualizing the whole thing. Yeah. So which in obvious cases of Legends Football League, you are. But it is what it is. 
So yep. Um, but uh, but like just mentioned uh when uh the indoor volleyball thing and we're gonna uh talk and uh about Olympics and Olympics is coming up this Friday, or at least it's supposed to. Um, COVID cases are on the rise, man. Um, and they said the Olympics could possibly be in danger. Uh, obviously at this point we are Wednesday and by the time this comes out, this, uh, this, it would be a ceremony day, which is Friday. So, um, I would say that we will see the ceremonies and we'll see a couple games maybe and stuff. But do, mm -hmm. do you think that we would see the fulfillment of the 2020 Olympics? Um, the fulfillment? Ooh, man. It doesn't look promising. Um, and my answer is going to be no. Because, um, I, as you know, as you know, Mark, I lived in Japan for two years. Um, they don't play around with that type of thing. Uh, they don't play around with disease in that in that way. They do not. Um, they're not a country that's like the United States. That's like come one, come all. Our doors are open to everybody. Okay. So now that the general populace is now that this situation is affecting the general populace, then, you know, I expect the Japanese government to step in at a certain point where they feel like, hey, this is getting out of hand. And it's already kind of, and just for a reference point, um, I believe the number was 11, 1,148 cases, something like that, that, that they had total in Tokyo um, last Wednesday. And there have been 1,800 new cases since then. 1,800 new cases mm -hmm. in the last seven days. Um, and they said they're in danger of uh, surpassing the numbers that they saw during the third wave back in January. So they've They've been handling it well, and this is basically, like I said, that's 150% um, the, the rate of infection, the rate of cases have gone, has gone up 150% from last week. If it continues to go that fast, Mark, there will be a problem. And yes, they will absolutely shut it down. Like I said, Japan does not play with that. Um, and, and if this was the United States, I would say that they would try their best to find a way and they would make sure it would happen. But I believe that the um, Japanese government will eventually step in and what we will see is the uh, Olympic Games being cut short. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. I Like with the rise of the uh, Delta variant, uh, it seems like it seems like it's looking bleak uh, for the 2020 Olympics, and and mind you, I just thought I just thought about it because I'm really like it didn't register until just now until I said 2020 Olympics. But we were supposed to have this last year 
but did not have it because of the pandemic and COVID. If it gets canceled again this year, it's just it's just not going to happen because then it'll be two years away from the twenty twenty four. And that and at that point they're just I feel as though they're just gonna be like, Well, it didn't happen, retool for twenty twenty four and 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 let and let that be that. Um which would be unfortunate because that for uh for Japan, uh that would end up being a colossal waste of a dollar. Um but for um but for the Olympics overall, that's not really necessarily an uncommon thing. Um, Olympic, it has uh, come out in articles in past that the Olympics in general is not a good thing for the in any host country, anybody that hosts. I don't know um, any any situation where the host of the Olympics made out well from it and or made a bunch of money from it. It's it's one of those things that all these people, all these all these places they compete and want to host, but it doesn't bring any sort of prosperity in the future. Uh you don't get any prosperity it, in the future. It actually brings a lot of debt. Yes. Um um, and for those that don't know, um, or don't, or maybe you remember, or don't remember, but look at, uh, look at Atlanta, uh, with the Olympics from Atlanta. Atlanta was in deep debt for a very long time, and um, after after they hosted the Olympics, and they didn't know what to do with all those uh, with all those Olympic uh buildings and stuff that they built for, for the Olympics. For a while, um, some of those got converted to other things and stuff like that, and some of them got knocked down. Um, but you were yeah. going to say something? Yeah, the only thing I was going to say is there's a couple of places in the United States where they made use of the facilities, and that's um, and you brought up Atlanta going through it, but then they still eventually found a way to uh, do something with some of the Olympic Village. Um, not all of it, of course, but they used some of it, right? And they found a way to, you know, um, make money off of it or uh, make use of, of the buildings, the condos, the apartments, whatever they had there. So, um, yeah, and then I, if I'm not mistaken, LA was able to do something with some of their stuff too. So even in, like, even in the best case scenario, all of the things, all of the... Uh, constructs and buildings that get put up for the Olympics, even in the best case scenarios, all of them will only be, you know, you, you will not be able to reuse all of them or all of them will not be made uh, useful after the Olympics leaves. So we're talking about making major changes, major changes to the, uh, to the landscape, the city, the suburbs, wherever you're going to put these buildings. And uh, you're making these major changes for years upon, you know, years trying to get everything right just for the games to come in for a couple of months. <laughs> I'm saying a couple of months, a month and a half, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. 
couple of months, and then that's it. You know, it, it's crazy. You do all that work for a couple of months, and then you're just looking, and it's like, well, somebody has to upkeep these facilities. That costs money. You know what I mean? Um, you have somebody has to. You, you okay? Well, maybe we can get somebody to use the facility. There ain't a bunch of billionaires just running around trying to buy this shit up, you know. Right. So it's it's just it really does like if you don't if you if you're a city that's trying to host the Olympics and you don't have a plan for what you're gonna do with all this stuff later, then you're absolutely hoping that the amount of money that you bring in from the fanfare and from the athletes is going to be enough for you to um for you to basically end up in the green from your investment. Yeah. Now, there's an article, like, I looked this up uh, a while ago, and I brought it back up uh, today. Uh, here's an article from Thrillist. This was written in 2018 um, by Sam Bloom. Um, and essentially, it said, like, hosting the Olympics means footing the bill for the world's biggest sporting event and living with the consequences for a generation. <laughs> Like That's and it says Beijing spent forty billion to play host in two thousand eight. Forty billion dollars to be host to the Olympics, and only to see many of its venues languish. And it says the fifty-one um billion uh bill Russia footed for the two thousand fourteen Winter Olympics is Sochi had fleeting returns at best. It once gleaming Olympic Park quickly became a ghost town after the games, and don't forget and don't forget Rio. Like Rio was one of the ones that like was banded so quickly, and then, Rio was crazy. Like and the way that they built, I remember what was the craziest thing about Rio was the way that they built it, and there was like this giant wall that was put up, and right on the other side of the wall was the slums like the slums it was wild <laughs> like like <laughs> the slum slums like so rio spent all this money on the olympics and yet you had the craziest slums right on the other side of the wall and 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 you know when we say slums you know if you are familiar with the term favelas like <laughs> you know what i mean like that is like you're talking about tin roof slums you exactly. know what i mean 10 shack like, like for for those that don't know what i'm talking about like the from the scene from bad boys 2 where they just had randomly have a yellow hummer riding through every a whole bunch of uh shacks uh, and shanties yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah and also if you if you need another reference fast five you know that's two fast and furious references fast five you know where the entire scene where um where um they're chasing uh Vin Diesel and his team and they're jumping from rooftop to rooftop and they're running through people's houses. That's what they're talking about. Like that shit, that whole thing, they just put like a 50 foot wall up. Right. <laughs> and, and right at the edge of right at the edge of the slums, put a 50 foot wall up. Motherfuckers out outside watching you can see all the lights here, the chairs and shit. Like right. It was the craziest setup, and, and and if you don't if you don't remember what people was getting robbed, like I yeah. think we getting robbed and shit out there. Yeah, what's his like, name? Uh, 
Somebody got their wallet stolen. What was his name? What that goofy ass motherfucker? The, 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 uh, the, uh, the swimmer, the white Ryan. Shit. Hold up. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it up. And he lied about it. He lied about yep. what he was doing and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Ryan... Let me look at Ryan Lochte. Yeah. Boom. There you go. But yeah. Yep. So like that's a so like there's all these examples of abandoned um of abandoned venues and I'm going to uh put it together and show you guys like all these all images from all these abandoned buildings and stuff from the uh from the different games uh throughout the years. Uh which is it's absolutely crazy. Like look at the ba- if you look at the baseball stadium from Athens, Greece in 2004 the summer olympics like that shit looks like chernobyl like <laughs> yeah i believe that believe that that sounds crazy that you use that description like, but yeah yeah like that shit looks like chernobyl dog that's how like that's how quickly it has uh dilapidated and last and like looking at the swimming pool from uh from the athens greece games as well and I made a suggestion last year that, like, that uh, maybe they could renovate um, one of these Olympic villages for the NFL bubble because it would be a big enough space and you would just have to create the football fields and renovate the buildings. But when you look at some, when you look at how quickly some of these dilapidated and uh got run down it's like nah that's not a viable option it would just cost way too much to to even do that and and like all these everybody's like rushing to host these games and it's not what is uh cracked up to be um Mm -hmm. so like don't think that uh hosting the olympics is such an opportunity for for anybody like i pray to god that america turns it down and says no we will never host a game again so yeah it's um um i got some bad news for you mark i know (laughs) it's like california or some shit right uh 2028 olympics um i believe is going to be hosted by los angeles yep see that's what i thought and You're like, damn right. It's gonna be in the United States, Mark. Okay, because I I happened to look all this stuff up earlier. So yes, um, it will be coming back to the states. Um, man, I got so much to say about that that I'm just gonna keep to myself. But uh, we'll see what kind of uh, uh, uh let's see what kind of um situation or condition that California is in by the time 2028 comes. Because um, for last I checked, Mark, the whole state's been on fire for the last five years. Yeah. So I don't know how this works. I don't. I don't know how this works. Um, they had a water shortage. Um, LA traffic uh, is LA traffic. I don't know how any of this is going to work. Like, I honestly don't. Like, here's the thing: if you were going to do the Olympics in America, it legit makes sense to have it in Middle America. Like, take that shit to Montana. Like. Like, take it to my well. Montana has a lot of trees and stuff, but no, I'm talking about like take it but to South Dakota. Point. Yeah, like take yeah, it to South, South Dakota. Dakota. Yeah, like, like, like that's Go where to- that's where it needs to be. 
Like that's yeah. legitimately where it needs to be if it was to be anywhere in America. Just flat land, do what you're gonna do, build it up, and then it doesn't matter if it's there later or not. Like because nobody, nobody, it's taking up space that nobody's using. Right. It, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know, man. That's yeah, but you know, it's all about the fanfare. It's about the what? What can we get out of it? We need to make some money from this. You know what? There's more people in LA. There's more businesses in LA. It's more, you know what I mean? Like, right. Like it's still, um, yeah. It, it's it's one of those things where it's just interesting. I my grandparents uh went to the '96 Olympics in Atlanta. A couple of my uncles and aunts went with them. They went to they only went like for like a week. They went to they had uh tickets to go for a couple of events for a couple of days. Like I think they had three days worth of events that they uh went to over the course of the week. And um, of course, track and field was one of those. They got to see, um, if I'm not mistaken, that was uh, Michael Johnson with the gold shoes um, around that time, if I'm not mistaken, that they got to see. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that was crazy, though. But, yeah, like, um, I remember them telling me about how crazy the traffic was and how you couldn't do anything and how how all of the local businesses and restaurants that were catering towards it, toward, for, catering to the Olympics – in Olympic Village, that how everything was like double priced. It was crazy. It was crazy. They spent they spent more money going to see the Olympics than they would have on a Disney World trip. Yeah. So it's it's the reason why people are fighting tooth and nail to try to get the to 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 try to host the Olympics. Short term, it's fantastic for money. Long term, it's fucking terrible. Yeah. And the only thing I can think of is, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, crazy things happen, like you know, in these abandoned buildings, like people getting raped, um, you know, drug usage, and all these other things tend to happen in these um, these uh, unused buildings. So that's the part that nobody talks about. Yeah, man. Um... That's it's crazy, but I am like it's just I don't think it's gonna go to fruition, and when you think about that, like that's even more money that's gonna be lost in this particular Olympics. It just the Olympics itself seems to be like something that has gone that has gotten bigger than what it could bigger than what it should be as far as being profitable, even being profitable. Like, maybe certain things shouldn't just fall on the host city. Or, you know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. what happens with all that money and stuff like that? Like, how much money does the Olympics make? I guess that's my question. Whew, man. <laughs> like, I can assume that they're making a bulk of the money. Like, the Olympics committee, yeah. like... Like they like they have to be like it's weird, but I don't know. Yeah, we gonna have to dig into that. We gonna yeah. have to get some investigators exactly. on that shit. Exactly. You know like, what I mean? Like, cause it seems like the whole city is just is just trying to make money off of the tourism. But yeah, but the thing is though that when you host big events like that, like this and all that stuff, this. Because the event is so big, the city shuts down. 
So there, yes, so absolutely th- shuts down. So therefore, whatever money you were going to make from quote unquote tourism never actually happens. Um, like I remember when the Pope came to Philadelphia, it was supposed to be so good for the city, blah, 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 blah. But the entire time the Pope was here, all of downtown was shut down because of this, because of potential assassination attempts <laughs> on the Pope. So like you couldn't like, so you couldn't be traveling through the city. You couldn't be traveling through the downtown area by car. You could like, and you couldn't um, be going certain places um, through the city neither. Like they would block you unless you had tickets to see the Pope and that's where you were going. And mind yeah. you, this was a big outside event at the art museum. And so. So like, that whole district down by the art museum yeah, shut down. Like not just down by the art museum, but like even further past that. Like, you know what I mean? Because legit legitimately if i had a barrett and i was on a on a rooftop somewhere yeah i could you know what i mean i could, you get, could get so so they they had that much of a perimeter exactly you know what okay. i mean so like it's so it was that type of like it was that type of thing to where like i was working weekends at the time and my job was like nah like nobody's coming in like we was just at home <laughs> like so Mm. It was stupid. It was stupid. Now, mind, but here's the thing: if you was, uh, if you ran, if you ran your house as an Airbnb that weekend, oh yeah, you probably was cooking. <laughs> you was you, probably you, killing it. You made you made super bread, but you know what I'm saying. But like, that's the only people that's making money is the hotel industry and the people that are running their home as an Airbnb. Yeah, but outside of that, like everything else gets shuts down because. The event takes up everything. But uh, mm-hmm. that's all I got for this episode, man. I don't have I don't have anything else uh, that I feel as though is pertinent for today. How about you? Um, I don't. Um, I, I really don't have anything else. Um, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about the Michael Irvin stuff. Uh, I did at first, but uh, it's it's not important. It it's it's not at least it's not part important enough to have to talk about it today. It can wait till to next week. Well, then that then I've got nothing because I'll save what what I wanted to talk about for that as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we can save that for next episode. All right. Cool. So, so far for next episode, we already have two topics. What makes up a super team fail? Su- well, three topics, I guess. What makes up a super team failed super team? And uh, the Michael Irvin comments. Uh, recently. The, the other topic that I have for that is going to be the Manning brothers. Oh, yeah. yeah the Manning right. brothers heading into the booth. But I want to talk about that on the next episode. So, Right. The Manning, the, the Manning brothers heading into the booth. Yeah. So, um, so legitimately, um, I thank you, uh, for showing up today. You know what I'm saying? Uh, things have been, uh, trying, uh, for you recently. Um, definitely want to acknowledge that here and, Mm -hmm. uh, and acknowledge, uh, acknowledge, uh, you and your family. 
and uh, I want and if you would like go ahead and take the time man uh, to acknowledge uh, your friend Dave. yeah um yeah for what he's speaking about for those of you that don't know is um you know my old my uh my oldest my longest time friend uh Christopher James uh as we know him as Kool-Aid um he passed uh last week Monday so it's been uh really rough for me he was like a brother to me um if y'all wondering where the name Kool-Aid came from you know he was known for making the best Kool-Aid period and he even, I think his nickname spawned when he decided he's going to bring, he smuggled a pitcher of Kool-Aid into middle school and we took it to lunch with him. And he literally gave everybody Kool-Aid. What we didn't know is that Fool had two pitchers. He had a pitcher in his locker and he had a pitcher that he took to lunch and he just, everybody got a bunch of the little water cups. And it was like, what the hell is going on? Somebody, you know, the lunch ladies in the line got a bunch of them. People just kept coming up there for these little water cups. Like, what are you guys doing? And this dude is pouring everybody Kool-Aid cups. And, you know, and at that point, he cemented his legend as the best Kool-Aid maker that anybody has ever come across. So, you know, it just, you know, for whatever reason, it stuck in. That's what it went to. But either way, he passed um, last Monday, and uh, it's just been really uh, hard on me and my family because he was like a brother to me, same age as me. Um, but but just to let you know how far his reach has gotten is, um, you know, my sisters are having a rough time in the morning. My aunts, you know, have expressed that they have lost a nephew. So it's very close to me and my family. So um, condolences to everybody that loved this man, to his family. Um, We're going to get through this, man. We're going to get through this. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, thank you uh, for that. And uh, really, uh, Chris, uh, he really sounds like a really dope dude, man. He sounds yeah. like he's a really dope dude. Um. And with that being said, I'm going to just close it out. Um, not going to say the normal uh, saying today, but, you know, if you enjoyed the episode, make like, subscribe. And uh, I'm just going to close it out by saying rest in power, Christopher James. Um, and peace. Peace. I keep forgetting I don't got a mouse over here trying to. It's... The recording has stopped. Mm-hmm.